Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their successes, pump up your own inspiration, and meet the people that make change happen. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, along with my co-host, to my right, the one, the only, missed last week, Christian Webb. How you doing? Doing good. Today's about one of my favorite topics, technology. Indeed. Indeed it is. We're very excited for our guests today. Today we have Mr. Andrew Asher and Scott Wiley. I can't believe I didn't mess any of that up. From the coolest drone company that I have ever known, Lucid Drone Technologies. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Thanks for having us. I didn't screw up anything. I'm like I'm like nervous that I didn't mess up any of that. That's awesome. So that's, that's incredible. For those of you that don't know with Business Legends, um, I typically end up saying at least something wrong, so we have to give it a second take or third. So anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this morning on this glorious... The, the weather, screw the groundhog. That's that's what I have to say. The groundhog came out and he said, we're going to have six more weeks of winter. And, and it was 60 degrees. And it's 60 degrees, and I'm in a sweater, and you're in a polo, and I'm sweating, and you're not. And it's it's upsetting me. So, gentlemen, let's let's get right into it. Lucid. So, talk about the name, first off. So, how did you come up with that? What's the story here? So, when we first started with the idea of drones that could clean buildings, a lot of people said, wow, that's such a great idea. Or, I've had it in the past, but I never actually did anything with it. And we kept getting stuck on this concept of people being like, yes, it's great. Clearly, it's going to be a good idea. It's so obvious. So we just looked in the thesaurus for the word clarity. Thesaurus. <laughs> and nice. um, we were like, okay, what's a good word that kind of centers on this topic of clear, clarity? And we found Lucid, and we knew a lot of great businesses are typically easy to spell. They're a little bit abstract, giving them a lot of wiggle room to grow and pivot over the years. So... Lucid was a good starting place, and we've kept it ever since. That's incredible. The, um, <laughs> I, I wish that we would have thought the same way. We have Business Marketing Solutions Group, uh, and nobody's ever spelled that right on the first on the first try. We're so, about, it's about to be shortened to BMSG. Yeah, we're going to pay a lot of money to shorten it to something, but, but regardless. It will be. So, so um, how long ago did you start with Lucid? So the idea was the fall of 2017. Okay. I was a junior in college at the us. time. Yeah. That's incredible. And and you were you always interested in, in drones and stuff, or how did that go? I had Hobbies? no background in drones, okay. no background in cleaning. I was actually majoring in economics and Spanish. And I I think those who know me, like Scott, would say, I don't have just one screw loose. I have a couple screws loose. <laughs> nice. So nice. Um, in my starry-eyed reality, I was like, I could probably teach myself to build drones and figure this out. So it was a, a humbling journey to do it, but I'm glad I went on it. Yeah, no kidding. And, th- I mean, did you... Um, here's a, a strange question, but did you feel um, like pulled towards it? Like like you immediately, as soon as you started messing with it, like you're like, I love this. I almost couldn't sleep. I got so excited. Wow. And mm. I've always been very passionate and had probably too many hobbies. Okay. I, at the time, I was playing a Division One sport, doing two majors, working three part-time jobs, and then I decided I'm going to found this startup company. Wow. And I quickly found myself gravitating toward wanting to spend every free minute working on the startup I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I, I think I know what I want to do when I graduate. Sure, that's that's spectacular. All right, now, Scott, you're not off the hook. So so when did Scott come in, and, and how did you uh, meet this fine, upstanding gentleman? So I'd like to go on the record first and say we actually met in college. Okay. And now I'll let Scott tell the actual story. Yeah, yeah so we met... Um, 2018. Okay. So a year after. Yeah, a year after. Um, I was, you know, I was employed with a different company, and mm-hmm. we, uh, I ran into a tennis friend of mine who said, "Hey, I got the, these. I'm investing with these great young minds, and they're really smart, and they got a great product. They're not quite to the point where they really have launched this full time, but I think you know you might have some interest in kind of mentoring. So we spent the better part of a year, probably, yeah. kind of just 
you know, weekends or evenings, or we'd set up little meetings and kind of help them kind of establish a little bit more on the sales and marketing side and try to walk them through that. And then, um, as they, we kind of grew, I decided to start my own consulting business, which I did, um, in 2020. Okay. Right. And then they were my first customer, so to speak. Gotcha. Um, and the premise was, you know, how can we, how can we move things relatively quickly with part of my time? And I had five or six other people interested in kind of coming on board. And after our second meeting, um, we met and we started working through just some, some basic business principles. Andrew sort of grabbed me in the parking lot and said, Hey, uh, we need, I'd like to, we need more, we need more from you. And I kind of thought, well, I can give you 15 hours a week instead of right. 10. 10. And he's sure. like, he's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not really what I th- was talking about. Like, yeah. I'd like you to come work with us full time. Um, and it was interesting the the advisor that I met, he said, these guys are going to do something really big. They just need some adult supervision. Okay. So, <laughs> Makes sense. So Makes my sense. sort of my first job description, I kind of go back to was sort of adult supervision. Adult supervision. And then yeah. it kind of has grown from there. And, you know, Andrew asked me kind of in the early phase, just, you know, I need someone to sort of question everything, mm-hmm. like just help us learn. Cause it's a situation with young founders where they don't know what they don't know. Sure. Right. So we've evolved significantly from there and, and, um, um, we've really kind of hit the ground running and I think Andrew's leaving out a few, I think key variables in the story. Um, <laughs> He, sure. he did all that he talked about in in three years. Wow! At Davidson, wow. double major, D one baseball, three jobs, and started a company. Wow! Okay, so just the scope of kind of yeah. the type of personality, and one of the things that are really interesting, we have a lot of commonalities. Mm-hmm. Um, our, you know, besides being in college together, right? Um, <laughs> he, he, you know, my parents are both teachers. Yeah, Andrew's parents are both teachers. We both have a liberal arts background, which I think is in my opinion, critical for startups yeah. because you can go a mile wide and a foot deep Sure. versus, hey, I'm an engineer. Well, an engineer is going to be fantastic on the product side, but they might not understand some of the other aspects. So Makes I think there's sense. a couple of those key caveats. And then Andrew's uh, phenomenal at his net with his network mm-hmm. and then also kind of filling gaps where he doesn't feel he has strengths. Yeah. So he's really, really good at that. That's that's the that's the point, you know. And uh, I mean, we have our own business story to tell, of course. But um, you know, we I think you guys are episode sixty or fifty nine or fifty eight or something like that. And um, whenever we meet two folks that have a have a business partnership of something, we see the same recurring themes. And one of those themes is you typically have it's almost like a comedy set, right? You have like a you a have with a couple screws loose. Yeah, you have a guy <laughs> with a couple screws loose, and you have a guy that's nailing them to the ground or screwing them in type of thing, you know. And it seems like you guys have kind of developed that partnership. Um, can you guys, it's okay if you can't, um, but can you think of any specific time where, where you guys challenged one another or, you know, there was a specific interaction where, um, you wanted to go one way and you wanted to go the other or something like that? So I think one specific challenge I can talk about is when Scott first joined the team, the business was in a state of transitioning across all departments. Sure. And I think this is something every entrepreneur struggles with at some point in their business growth is transitioning from doing to delegating and managing. Sure. Mm -hmm. And at one point in time, I was the lone full-time employee at Lucid. I was the engineer. I was a sales guy. I was a finance team. I I was in every department. And over time, we brought on brilliant people. I had to start delegating away. And it was Scott who was able to help pull me out of that trench of, Mm -hmm. hey, you can actually be very effective by being more of a lever and managing and delegating rather mm-hmm. than feeling like you need to do everything. So uh, I think without that third-party perspective sometimes, yeah. you see entrepreneurs for their whole career, they get stuck at a certain business level because they don't realize the best way to build a 
great company is to build great people. So you need to find those great people and then empower them to do what they do best. And that's usually the best thing you can do as a leader for your company. Yeah, good on you to learn that early. Yeah, a- yeah, we've learned, we've, 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 uh, what's the, what's the expression, um, taking our medicine on, on that exact same, mm-hmm. uh, um, a theme, couple years so. ago though. So we've been running yeah. that thing pretty Yeah, pretty, and pretty I, I, I would add <clears throat> when I, one of the first things we discussed with the kind of the core team was, um, a number of things. And I, I, flat out said to them, I said, when was the last time you guys got in sort of a knockdown drag out argument where you guys were really kind of mad at each other? Mm-hmm. And they all smiled and said, never. And I said, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Said, when, when was our last one, by the way? Like Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and so we, you know, so the, the, the nice thing is we've gotten tremendous help from the local Charlotte community. Sure. But it's not just around product and that sort of thing. Right. So so we met with a group. Um, that are it's a family-owned company. Mm-hmm. Three brothers have three different divisions of the company, right? Right. And I was like, well, okay, I want to have some. Co-. They had a lot of questions, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, so they yeah. walked us through how they do like their weekly, monthly, quarterly meetings. Yeah. And they literally say, when you walk in this door, mm-hmm. right, we're gonna we're gonna get after it, mm-hmm. and it might get ugly. Yeah. But as soon as you walk out, yeah. Right. So they set that tone really early. Um, I think we Andrew and I have. I would call it sort of some advantages that are also disadvantages. We're incredibly close outside of work. Mm-hmm. We're very good friends, probably like you two. Yeah. Right. So it, I feel like it's my job to make sure that he understands that that won't change regardless of the decision he makes about the business. Sure. Cause I, you know, I think I have a, I've been around the block a few times. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't hold a candle to the rest of our employees in terms of knowledge, experience, or uh, sorry, um, expertise and that sort of thing. Right. But sure. I bring a little bit of experience, and I think that's my value. But I also always want him to understand, because a young entrepreneur, it's really hard to look at someone with a lot of experience and go, I don't like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So we've, we've had some some recent episodes where he's like, let's go for a walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'm like, okay. And then I think that's where I got to step back and go, okay, w- w- what's best for the company? Mm-hmm. And if Andrew literally, and he knows this, like I told him, if he walks in and says, you're no longer needed here anymore. Mm-hmm. He knows I would gracefully bow up and we'd still be friends. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, mm-hmm. so we've really had a lot of conversation about that. Yeah. But I think as the, the, the person that's been around the block, it's my role to under, let, to empower him to make those decisions regardless of how he feels I will feel or other senior people will feel. Yeah. It's, it's a tough lesson to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I mean, we often talk about it. Um, you know, we've been best friends for like a decade or 12 years yeah, or something fired. like that. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. luck with that one, buddy. <laughs> so <laughs> my, <laughs> the thought of that is hilarious, but, um, no, but you're, you're right. You know, um, I actually did, um, I took a stand up comedy class last year just for fun. Yeah. And one of the, one of the jokes I had is that it's, it's very interesting being in business with your best friend because you can be at each other's throats and be like, you son of a, you, I hate yep. you, yep. your idea is so stupid. And then five o'clock roll, rolls around. It's like, Hey man, we got, we're doing a pickleball league tonight, right? You know, and just <laughs> kind of go on. But, um, it's an interesting I want to, I want to slide back to where you talked about like opening this company, you had no technology, you had no, uh, drone background and you had no cleaning background. Um, I, I want to, I want to ask, did you have any like weird moment where you were like, people are saying you can't do this cause you have no experience in it, but you were like, everybody who starts this and does well, they didn't have experience either. Like who wakes up in the morning and goes, I know a lot about drones. I just, I, I'm going to go fly them around the Mercedes, uh, Benz stadium. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have that moment? And what was it like if you did? When I look back at that time, the majority of people thought I was insane. And in their defense, that was probably the popular opinion. And it, it did make sense. Um, 
I was fortunate that the people closest to me believed in me. So mm. my now wife, my parents, my siblings, like the people who knew me to my core, they're like, well, it's Andrew. He's just going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got, I call it my lone superpower in this world is I read very quickly and I'm fortunate to remember what I read. So I'm like, well, I've learned a lot of other hard things. I've solved a lot of other difficult challenges. This is just the next thing on the roadmap I need to go solve for. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I turned down a lot of exciting opportunities from an outside perspective to go pursue a whimsical, no funding at the beginning, drone company. Mm -hmm. And again, I would do it every time again because what I've learned is so invaluable and the network I've built, I couldn't have done it any other way. I remember thinking to myself about a year in, I still had friends who were finishing their senior years of college. I've Mm -hmm. now got a year of working experience building a company I found myself sitting across from the CEO of a major company that had just invested in our company. And I'm like, if I had applied for an internship at this company, I probably wouldn't have gotten an interview. Wow. And now the yeah. CEO is writing a check to invest in the company I started. Mm-hmm. So just that paradigm shift in mm-hmm. as little as 12 months was very eye-opening of what's possible when you're willing to, to take challenges head on. And I've been fortunate to meet a lot of impressive people over mm-hmm. the years. And when you ask them about their stories, one of the commonalities that always stands out is they don't sit there and tell you about their successes, mm-hmm. at least the humble ones, the ones I appreciate the most. They sit there and tell you about those dark, lonely moments when mm-hmm. things were really hard and they had to dig deep and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's what always stands out is the greatest growth happens in those moments of challenge. Mm-hmm. And I joke that entrepreneurs are a little bit wacky. like. <laughs> The, the typical norms of humanity don't apply to them. If we were, say, opening the door to a dark room, most people would be like, oh, it's dark in there. There could be a scary monster. Let me close it and walk back out. A startup, folks, we open a dark, a dark room door and we're like, what could be in here? Right. I might trip over something on the ground trying to find the light switch, but there could be opportunity hiding in the corner. I need to find it. Mm-hmm. So it's just a completely different mindset, but it makes people very uncomfortable when you kind of step outside what they consider normal and are willing to take on those big challenges. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the reason I brought that up is because a lot of our listeners are young entrepreneurs or people wanting to be entrepreneurs. And I feel like that's a very common situation. Um, I mean, even for our company, when we first started, um, I remember people going, you don't know how to do marketing. And they're right. I had no clue. <laughs> my first my first job, I had, didn't even know how to do the social media posts seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And I got, a, I, got a, I got lucky with a contract with Anytime Fitness. And they were, uh, they were like, hey, if you do a good job for us, we'll push you out to other people. I learned, I attacked, I executed, and then I overperformed. He was super excited, got us in front of 42 Anytime Fitnesses. Wow. Now, I, it could have went the other way. Mm-hmm. I could have been broke. <laughs> but I gave, I gave yeah. up a really good job to do that. And I think that needs to happen more often, especially the people who haven't made the jump yet. Like, they need to quit thinking, I need to keep studying, keep studying, keep studying. That's not the point. Yeah, so I would tell you that I think you're seeing a lot more entrepreneurial spirit and people having great ideas. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, the, the message from my perspective is there's a lot of people out there that were just like you are today that are willing to help and are willing to guide you somewhat. And it's, it's just asking, right? Because yeah. what I see, in, and I do a fair amount of mentoring today, a lot of people have great ideas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, awesome, what's step one? Mm-hmm. I don't ask them for like a business plan or anything. It's just, can, can you... I've always looked at it as in entrepreneurship, it's a race to the starting line. It's not a race to the finish line. Mm-hmm. 
right? Because most people would go, sense. well, I got to do that. No, 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 no. <clears throat> Just go do something to get it ball moving. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And we do that even today. I think, you know, we're a, a heavily, we're heavily involved in technology and engineering. And I think we always balance the how fast can we go while making sure that they still feel comfortable with what we're doing. Because engineers tend to like to over-engineer things, so <laughs> no offense. But how do we go as fast as possible? And one of the things that Andrew's preached with us that I think is a really strong a- asset of what we're doing is we say yes to a lot of things, and then we go fast to figure it out. right? Like so we've it. got some things on the table today. It's like it's taken other people 10 years that we've done in four days, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. So that's I think incredible. that's a really one. But I, I would just encourage those people, you know, get to the starting line put something down and just go do yeah. the thing that I always tell people do it without any investment. Mm-hmm. Don't go out and spend $25,000 on something, you know, to try to drive something. It, it starts with hard work. Sure. I, I Sweat think equity. A, yeah. Great point. Like the mindset is if this aligns with your values, it's something you're passionate with. Start with yes and work backwards on what needs to be true in order for that to be successful. So I, I think that's something that's really helped our company and, I see too many entrepreneurs get stuck in this what if cycle of like, what if it doesn't work out? What if it's harder than I expected? It's always going to be harder than you expect. Like Mm -hmm. that's a guaranteed. But the question I like to ask is what if it turns out even better than you could have ever imagined? Mm -hmm. And then all those opportunities that you turn down are still there. If you fall Mm -hmm. on your face, Mm -hmm. they are. And then you even have the experience of going through something and people probably respect that even more. And mm-hmm. give you those interviews. And you might have met somebody while you were trying right. to build the business to get an even better position. Yeah. Like there's really no negative to it. Yep. As long as you as long as it's your passion. Yeah, and I also say, you know, I, I you know, we preach transparency with our people mm-hmm. too. It's like, hey, Mr. Customer, right, this looks like a really good thing that we can do, but here is what we want you to know. Mm-hmm. It's a partnership, right? Probably yeah. like you did with Anytime Fitness. It's like oh, yeah. if we if we nail this, right, this is what's gonna happen. Here's the steps. Here's where we're going to work together. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some skin in the game for it too, and mm-hmm. and we're going to take this forward together, mm-hmm. right? It's it's letting people know that they know you're a startup, but that doesn't mean you're a startup that's just trying something. Like you yeah. have the passion, the spirit, right? It's just mm-hmm. you have to you have to position it well. One hundred percent, and and it did. Um, so how did uh, since you had no you had no uh, you had no cleaning and you had no drone. How did you come up with actually doing that? Like, where'd that come from? It happened by serendipity. So people hanging off the side of a building on a swing stage. It's a windy day. This platform starts blowing into the side of the building. Workers are up there, literally white-knuckling the rails, hanging on for dear life. And Mm. again, back to the the starting conversation, it seemed like such an obvious thought. How could we leverage technology to make this safer, to make it more efficient? And I think I got really excited about solving that problem and inspired by the opportunity. What a lot of people don't recognize is commercial real estate is this massive asset class Mm -hmm. worth over $30 trillion globally, and you need to clean it and maintain it to retain value. So we're like, okay, this is a great starting point. But what we realized once we started building the technology is the cleaning drone's really just chapter one of a much larger story. We recognized we weren't building a cleaning drone. What we were building is this industrial modular robotic platform that we could put different top hats on to do different tasks. I want to emphasize we're very focused on cleaning because you need to be focused to start. But we've already done successful tests with our technology on painting, sealants, firefighting, de-icing, agriculture, delivery. Mm-hmm. What am I leaving out? Yeah, that's that's... Those are the ones that we, we've worked on. We've got about a thousand other things people ask us for that are, 
interesting, let's call them. But, yeah. but yeah. you know. What's the most interesting thing that you can about talk that. about yeah. that you've been asked That you're for? not under an NDA. Yeah. <laughs> Business Legends does not, is not liable for yeah. uh, your. <laughs> so we early on, we got a lot of things that were what I would call sort of um, interesting. So we had a gentleman who is a farmer mm-hmm. who has an issue with um, pig, feral pig and deer. Okay. Eating all his crops. And he, he, he had a genuine idea of putting a, a laser system around his, his crop, and then anytime something crossed that, the drone would go to wherever that location was and spray, spray bear mace to get rid of, the, get rid of the, the issue. Wow. You know, very interesting, and he had it mapped out. He had it laid out, and I asked him, so are you concerned about things like your workers your children, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. other people crossing the line and right. ending up, you know, so, so we get a fair amount of that. We, we do get some really interesting ones though, like, um, what I would call logistical things, right? So you run power lines and mm-hmm. you have these massive grids of power lines and they have like vegetation buildup on the power lines. And what they used to do is they, they would literally drive for a year straight and just drive the route and check and see. And, mm-hmm, yeah. and so there's some really interesting technology where you can run it with a drone and then you can identify it, and then you send person person to a spot location. Mm-hmm. I think those are real relevant. We have the infrastructure piece is really interesting, right? So, you know, how do you how do you go to the middle of a dam, halfway down the dam and halfway across, and get rid of vegetation that could be building a crack in the dam? Mm-hmm. That's, like, <laughs> that's <laughs> right? these are very interesting issues, right? Yeah. So yeah. so and then we go and say, what's sort of the multiplier? Of that? Well, there's probably a dam in every state at least, and then, right. You know, how do we look at it from that perspective? So we're always looking at kind of how do you scale it. Sure. Yeah. So back when I was when I was doing it, they just came out with the technology of um, letting drones sit in boxes near mm-hmm. these areas, and then like when they wanted to work, they'd cut them on, they'd go map it and find the problem and take care of it. Is that still the going fix, or is it different now? For a lot of the data applications, drone in a box is the term everybody's gravitating towards. <laughs> so if I've drone got in a box. drone in a box, if I've got a nice property and I want a security drone. They'll kind of sit in that box. They'll do regular patrols and mm-hmm. be more or less uh, without need of human intervention. But we're focused on a much different part of the drone market, not mm-hmm. just drones that collect data, but drones that actually physically affect the world mm-hmm. by doing some type of productive task. So yes, we love data and all things you can derive from it, but we also love to do the work associated with the data you collect. Because when you look at the way drones have been used, it's like, let me go map a roof to see where I've got heat loss or where I need to put new shingles down. Well, we would love to marry that with then a drone that could actually go and do that so we don't need to send somebody up on a ladder and then a roof Mm -hmm. because almost half a million people go to the ER every year from these ladder-related falls. So that's really the side of the equation that gets us very excited. Yeah, yeah we need to market them hard so we can lower the ER wait time. <laughs> oh God, yeah. no kidding. That's <laughs> that's that's something. Um, yeah, please buy Lucid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The um, some of the um, I, I um, had to visit somebody in the hospital in in December, and uh, the ER in Charlotte uptown. That was the cold weekend, and uh, the ER was. I mean, it was like an apocalyptic hell zone. I mean, there was just people bleeding and coughing everywhere and it was and and dis- discarded needles in the middle of oh, the of, of the hall and stuff it was, ooh, it was so, gross so gross. do you find yourself um doing like you, do you find yourself as the as not the replacement but like a cleaning service or do you find yourself selling to cleaning companies the latter we really focus on being the technology provider mm-hmm. um, 
in the next 30 seconds, you'll learn how to go and sell Lucid Drone. Okay. Our whole pitch is we go to these existing service providers, mm -hmm. and with our drone, you can now do more jobs in less time with less liability. Mm -hmm. If you want to put business terms on that, more revenue, better profits per job, and you're lowering your business risk. Mm -hmm. I have a connection for you. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll get it for you after this. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, man, it, uh, the, the world is ever-changing, I suppose. It's, it's incredible to see what the technological advancements that, that come out. Um, this is totally off topic, but have you guys seen the um, the Chat GPT feature online? It's a good it, friend. It is like it is it is like freaking me out. Like just the, the so I think it made Google mad. Google was I supposed to be launching. Uh, they're they're actually talking Their about version. Lambda today, like next yeah. week or something. They're, they're launching it today. Yeah, it's called Bard. It's out. That's right. Being yeah. test today. Yeah, that'll <sighs> change. That'll change search. Yeah, tremendously. So we've been using a form of that for. Yeah more than a year okay nice, nice gotcha so there's a there's a business platform called jasper ai yeah, we use it as well yeah. so jasper has yeah. that same capability and yeah. so that's you know i think it's it's going to be really interesting i my, my take on chat gpt is the it's going to broaden the scope of what businesses are capable of doing which right. will then create more businesses yeah which will create more opportunity yeah i i don't know if you saw the today show episode mm -hmm. with that with a columbia university professor Basically saying how, you know, it's take you know kids need to learn how to research and that sort of thing and and so I've got um, a college age student. I said, so tell me how you research. Mm -hmm. It wasn't going to the library and opening up a book. No, it was, yeah. it was googling stuff. It's googling I mean, stuff. So yeah. the really interesting interesting thing from an academic perspective, I think that has its own pros and cons. But mm -hmm. from a business perspective, like you guys, we can stay lean and mean at fifteen people, right? Right, and we can get a lot more done sure. with platforms like this. And, and back to the entrepreneurial conversations, if you're an entrepreneur, this would be a game changer for you if you're oh, a solopreneur. Sure. Like, for sure. You can get so much more done. Yeah. You don't have to write any copy. I uh, mean, it's, yeah. You it's can incredible. literally right now with ChatGPT, it's, it's a little more advanced than, ja uh, than Jasper, but um, you can literally go into ChatGPT and you could find, you could say, what kind of marketing company should I start if I want to focus on car dealerships and what services should I provide that they buy the most often? Yeah. And it would break that entire thesis down for you and yeah. give it to you like this. It's like, here's, your, freaky, here's your business man. plan. Here's kind your business plan. Yeah, so we actually, I was at the University of Alabama last week talking to business students, and there's very few times that I can wow college kids with technology mm -hmm. at my age. Mm -hmm. Like, like a lot I don't know. Right beyond the age of 35? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I said, all right, so I, I went through some of this, and we had lots of great conversation about AI. And so at the end, I said, all right, we're going to start business, and we're going to do everything about the business right now. And they were like, I said, wow. give, me a bus give me a business idea. We came with a business idea. I said, give me a business name. I said, actually, better yet, let's create the business. Let's figure out kind of the target market. Let's get a couple things. And we literally went through and we created a business name, a business description. We created five social media posts, four blog posts, a series of sequence of emails. Wow. We did everything that you could do sort of externally yeah, to start, in yeah. Jasper in 20 minutes. Yeah. That's insane. Unbelievable. That, that, that took Unbelievable. weeks at yeah. coffee shops. Oh, yeah, or more. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, so my because again, for the entrepreneurs, how, how do you get to the start line? Right. So I was yeah. like, you don't need <laughs> twenty to, minutes. Yeah, you need twenty I, minutes. And I was yeah. like, you think about it. It's it was whatever it is. It's it's less than a hundred dollars a month. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like it's like yeah. And and so that was what I was wanting the takeaway to be is, if you have these great ideas, go go go. Mm -hmm. Right. Go go go. Minimal cost. Lots of sweat equity. Lots of effort. But now there's tools. Right. Right. Like whenever. Coworkers, 
has always wanted to write a movie script. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a movie script using that platform. No way. Yeah. And he That's put in crazy. like, he always wants, to, he wanted to do a horror film, which mm-hmm. was interesting. So he put that in there. And I think what the great thing about that is most young professionals struggle on how to start. They got an idea and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of experience with that. It's like, I have this business idea, but I'm not sure where to start. And it's like, try something mm-hmm. and then just keep iterating on it. Right. Cause what I, again, what I feel with a lot of the people I mentor is they want to throw a ton of money at something. Right. And I'm like, money's not the, the answer approach. Yeah. And you got, I mean, you guys know from doing what you do, like mm-hmm. you could throw a gazillion dollars at something and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be successful. Right. Oh, you got to have a good plan, yeah. good model, yeah. good, yeah. good work. A lot of people good chase marketing. <laughs> chase the, yeah. A lot of people chase the shiny object, right? Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. what's the latest thing on Facebook group that's, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, bing. <laughs> right. Scott, there was a concept in there I'd love to unpack, which is just iteration and yeah. the actual Absolutely. speed of iteration. Because when you look across successful startups and just businesses in general, that speed of execution matters so much. I think. School has trained us in a very terrible way to focus on always wanting to be right. Yeah. So we over-optimize. Let's spend a lot of time <laughs> looking at this from 30 different angles to make sure it's right before we act. But in that time, if you could have tested four or five other things, your rate of learning could be so much greater. And it's like the fundamental law of all things in the world. If your rate of learning can and evolution can be faster than the rate of change around you, that's how you're going to survive and build a great business. But once you slow down to the point where you're like, man, it takes us four weeks just to make a simple decision because yeah, we've got to hold up. 30 different meetings and get these stakeholders mm-hmm. and get all this buy-in. And I call it the corporate lag effect. Mm-hmm. That iteration speed matters so much. And while you're early and smaller, you need to lean into that as much as possible because inevitably with growth, it slows down. But the longer you can hold it off, the better. It's actually yeah. a crazy thought. So, like, instead of a teammate going, hey, Christian, what do you think the best idea to market to this exact audience is for this company? I mean, I have my experiences, but I'm not every single search and blog in the world from professionals all around the world. What if they just typed into ChatGPT or this new mm-hmm. AI and just said, how do I do this? And it gave them mm-hmm. a plan. Would that plan be more efficient than mine? Well, I, I think That's interesting. I think sometimes when Scary you're thought. when you're immersed in something as much as we are in our businesses, mm-hmm. right? You can't see the forest through the trees, mm-hmm. or you get, well, I'm under pressure to get something done, accomplished. So you kind of you kind of lose sight of the big picture when you're in that day to day, right? Absolutely. So one of the things that Andrew's very very good at is we'll sit down as a group and we'll talk about very specific things, and then he will socialize it with his network of investors, advisors, right? Big, big decisions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we're always wanting to get some third-party validation, sure, right? And it's the same concept. If you got yeah. this idea, I think we run into that trap of either we've done it this way and it's always worked, so we'll keep doing it, right? right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, well, it's just a race to get it out there. Yeah. And I, I would rather have less of whatever content, product, less of things and have them be better than more and have it be just okay. Yeah. And so we were always balancing that speed, right, versus the quality. Yeah, quality um, of excellence yeah. type of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's so amazing, and, and I'll, I'll close out with this, but um, industry to industry, you know, there's there's really not that much in common between our industries, and yet we go through the same things. Yep. Um, we have what I was just thinking about, our, our uh, superstar employee, Austin, and I don't mind saying that, um, 
he, uh, he has a background in health and fitness. And so he's a personal trainer just like we were for a long time. Not that you can tell now that we're old and fat. But, <laughs> but Austin, um, you know, we've had more than a few gym clients. It's actually how we started the company pretty much. And when, whenever we've gotten a gym contract or something, um, you know, he kind of leans back into his experience and he says, he says, well, you know, uh, I've had this experience with that. And, and we've had a lot of conversations about Austin, you know, your experience is valuable, but it's not necessarily right, you know, mm-hmm. because the, the world's changing. I mean, you've been marketing now for five years. So, you know, in five years time, there's a lot of differences yep. in things. Yeah. Remember um, I said this, keep your eye on SEO. If y'all are trying to yep. attack yep. SEO. Yeah. AI is about to spin it it's on its head. It's going to change it drastically. Because think about the search <clears> now, <throat> if they give you an entire article answer, Where's the SEO mm-hmm. at? Yep. Right. Yep. From yeah. all over the world, not just yep. one place. Yep. 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 And you'll see, I think what you'll see is some evolution of SEO companies being able to leverage a chat type platform For sure. to drive mm-hmm. it. B- back to your, your statement about Austin, I, I totally agree with you. I think what you what I would think about, because we do it with our group, is, okay, Austin, you got the foundational, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But foundational gets us 75% of the way. Right. What's that 25% that's going to be so different, so new, and it's going to drive much more engagement for the customer because it is that new different thing. Right? Sure. Like we do that like, okay, we, we have a baseline of kind of, you know, what we rely on. But right. then it's like, okay, hold on. So that's why I think it's important to be able to leverage a lot of different conversations with a lot of different people. And mm-hmm. I've learned that some of the best ideas come from a variety of people. And a lot of times it's it's either the end user doesn't necessarily mean external end user, but right. whoever's kind of doing it the most those are the people that I think we listen to the most. Like yeah. a delivery driver, yeah. like they know what's really going on. Right. So if you're thinking about logistical things, ask that person. Yeah. Don't ask the guy looking at the spreadsheet. Yeah, like yeah. He doesn't ask know. the guy I mean, in the field. Yeah. Type of thing. I have a crazy question for you. So my 10-year goal for you would have been to to be at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And you got there in like, what, two? So let's, let's go beyond that. But 10 years from now, where do you see Lucid? In your, in your wildest dreams, not in your, not in your, just the screw loose conversation. So I, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. The screw this conversation is what's going to happen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The moon. We're going to the moon. And he went to the Mercedes in two years. Yeah, it's incredible. That. Our vision at Lucid is we want to build the ultimate modular robotic platform that does these labor-intensive tasks mm-hmm. to empower people to do to live better lives. So the cleaning drone is just chapter one of that. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, we've already figured out a lot of other things that we plan on expanding into but 10 years from now, we want Lucid to be synonymous with these productive robots that are helping us live better lives. When we look at the world today, I think one of the, the worst things that is happening is we have a lot of bright minds not solving meaningful problems. You know, Do we really need another SaaS product that makes spreadsheet computing 5% faster? Right. Do we need another competitor of Twitter? We could argue about that. Yeah. Um, Probably. Think think about these issues that afflict humanity that haven't changed much. If anything, they've gotten worse. We've got hunger, homelessness, happiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, The list goes on. And when you look at robotics at scale, imagine if you could deploy robots to automate apple farming to such an extent that now taking an apple would cost a fraction of a cent. How could that contribute to hunger? If we could automate home building to such an extent that we could make a Single-family entry home now costs $20,000. How many more people could actually own a home and have a roof over their heads? And I think that's the ultimate vision for robotics is allowing people to get back to what we do best, which is 
being creative, focusing on happiness, and not just doing these physically monotonous tasks because that's not what makes us distinctly human. And a big part of our strategy is we're doing it all domestically. Mm -hmm. Today, over 90% of drones and robots, they come from overseas. And there's a lot of data privacy concerns or a lot of, of trust issues. Yeah, like Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we do all our engineering, our manufacturing, our support. It's all done locally here. Mm -hmm. And we're very happy to say that because it leads to a much better customer experience. We know if you have an issue, we can get it in and out the door a lot faster than if you need to send it all the way to Asia to get it repaired. Mm -hmm. Sure. Wow. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great answer. And yeah, yeah. Um, we need to work on our uh, on our yeah. ten year vision. I, I was expecting uh, like the yeah, moon. yeah, yeah. We're just gonna uh, have some drones put on rockets and just fly so, them up. Yeah, I'll, I'll simplify it for yeah. me. Beach, fishing, pool, drink. <laughs> that's my man ten after, year plan. Man after my own heart. Okay, <laughs> like so um, our, our our time is concluded now, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we always close out of business legends. Um, this is where I stall and try to think of a funny question, by the way, um, if you've listened to previous episodes. But I think I got it. I think I got it. So my question is is as such, can you build and will you build a automatic drone bartender? Because you, you were talking about the I fishing pole and, no. and the drink on the beach. So, I'm now a little bit concerned you've bugged our office in preparation uh -oh. for this. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, so Scott talks about this on a somewhat weekly basis. The, so the way <laughs> we talk about our first product is it's not actually a cleaning drone. It's a spraying drone. So okay. you could put you know, water, mm -hmm. a cleaning solution. Vodka. It, exactly. Vodka, so we, uh, at some point this year, you will see a Lucid drone tethered to a beer keg. In my house. Spray, spraying <laughs> beer at 100 feet. Because In everybody knows that beer can taste better at 100 feet than it does on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So the bartending drone is is not too far away. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well. And to answer answer a side question here, the little there's actually robots already bartending. Well, I know there's mm -hmm. robots bartending, but to do yeah. it like on a drone, like in the hundred feet in the air, that's pretty. You'd have to like try to excited. catch the beer. That'd be. Yeah. Like Let's. Uh, well, we know what we're talking about offline, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks thank for you.